0: Hello and welcome to God Still Speaks Through Jackasses. We'll be continuing our sermon review of Clayton King in this episode. I know it's bad, but just hang in there and be tough, folks. Only this one and two more episodes with Clayton. And at the end of it, we should all have a better handle on what the gospel is and what the gospel is not. At any rate, I wanted to come back on here and give a huge thanks to my friend Greg Mann, who has given us permission to use his tune, Time is Money, which you're hearing right now in the background. All the love we can use, which you'll also hear... Uh, as our bump out in this episode and have no fear which we'll probably put in tomorrow's episode you can check out Greg's work on all the major music outlets including iTunes and Amazon just do a search for Greg with one G man that's m-a-n-n with two n's you can also follow greg on facebook and see what this creative genius is up to and as always i want to thank cody f miller for the use of his painting entitled balaam that serves as the artwork for the podcast you can check out cody's work at www.codyfmiller.com and thanks as always to my ministry coach gene talley if you're looking for ministry coaching of pure awesomeness please contact gene at RevTally at gmail.com that's R-E-V-T-A-L-L-E-Y at gmail.com
1: ever gone with me to Israel through our crossroads trips, or if you ever get to go, if you will stand outside the gate of Jerusalem, or if you stand on the Mount of Olives looking into Jerusalem, you look down into a valley. There are two valleys that surround the city of Jerusalem, the Kidron Valley and the Valley of Gehenna. The Valley of Gehenna existed way back in the Old Testament. Isaiah talks about it, and we'll see that in a moment. Jesus understood where this valley was. Jesus compares this valley To hell. Why? Gehenna was a large trash dump. People from the city would bring their garbage out to that dump. They would bring dead animals out to that valley. They would occasionally even bring dead bodies. They would throw those dead bodies of both animals and humans. They would throw their garbage, their their old nasty, rotten, stinking trash into this giant trash dump and they would burn it. As a matter of fact, in ancient literature, we can see that the fire never went out. People talked about that. It was a trash dump that was constantly smoldering. People would set it on fire to try to get rid of that nasty trash. So it stunk, it smoked, and you know what happens to your trash if you forget to take it to the dump. You know what happens if trash is left unattended, flies land on it, they lay their eggs, those eggs are hatched, those eggs become... Worms, maggots. That's what happens to trash. Jesus is probably standing within eye shot of the Valley of Gehenna. He did this all throughout the Gospels, and he's probably saying to the crowd there, let me tell you what happens to people who die apart from my Gospel. You wind up in a place like, and he points down to Gehenna, you wind up in a place like that, a place filled with death, a place filled with a flame that never goes out, a place filled with worms and maggots that eat up and consume what's left. He is trying to use an object lesson to teach them, to warn them, don't go there. So, is hell for real? <laughs> According to Jesus, yes it is. Let me read something to you that you might find interesting. Um, sometimes I listen to NPR. It's a, it's a talk news radio program and it's actually a station. And a couple of years ago, Terry Gross was hosting an NPR segment called Fresh Air, and a very famous American entertainer was on his program. I'll tell you who it is after I read the quote to you. Terry Gross asked this famous American entertainer what he thought about hell. Here was his answer. My son asked me one day, this man said, Dad, what's hell? So I said, well, if God is love, then hell is the absence of God's love. And can you imagine how great it is to be loved? Can you imagine how great it is to be loved fully? To be loved totally. To be loved, you know, beyond your ability to imagine. Pay attention to this. And he said, And imagine if you knew that was a possibility, and then it was taken from you, and you knew that you would never be loved. Well, that's hell. To be alone and to know what you've lost.
0: That is, again, mm-hmm personal anecdote nice story unbiblical Jesus looked out over Jerusalem and wept I wonder what he will do if and when people are consigned to the eternal punishment of what we what we understand to be the doctrine of hell God I I can't imagine the agony From what I understand from Scripture, God's love does not stop. From what I understand, this is what is amazing about God, God can, in light of the doctrine of how God is still loving those people, how would you like to be in God's shoes for that? That's some speculation on my part. But this is certainly speculation on Clayton's part. That... Whatever this is, this love and Oh, you knew you could have it and then you're separated from it This is is not the biblical doctrine of hell He is not using scripture whatsoever To talk about this concept And he's not talking about it, again, in a way that makes sense to anybody It's completely incompassionate and manipulative And he's already got people so scared That they're probably willing to do whatever he says to do in order to avoid this place he's describing, which is, again, something he's completely made up. Maybe not him, but American evangelicalism, he's just following suit.
1: Who said that? Stephen Colbert. Comedy Central, the Colbert Report. The guy that's taken over for David Letterman when he leaves the late show. This is so profound. Because in hell, according to what Jesus said, A person would have the ability to know that the gospel was there for them, but that they rejected it, and they knew that if they had just believed it, things would have turned out differently.
0: Here we go. Semi-Pelagianism, full bore right there. That is not Arminianism. That is not Monergism. That is Synergism, and that is Semi-Pelagianism. He is talking about believing As being a responsibility of ours And it is not In any way shape or form And even an Arminian would tell you That is not the case And he does not explain these things It's important that when you're talking about these things To explain Okay even if you're going to take an Arminian position God by his common grace Has quickened our souls And given us an ability To make a decision For Christ or against Christ And that's Clayton's going to have none of that He's not even going to describe that He's talking, this is all on your shoulders Listen, if eternity and heaven and hell And me being right before God is on my shoulders I'm done I'm hanging it up And I'm going out fishing or something I don't know what I'm going to go live in the mountains as a mountain man And just give up Because if any of this depends on me I have already been there done that. And I'll bet you have to. And my prayer maybe for Clayton is that he might go there one day too, that he might realize that if it's up to him, it's impossible. He won't make it. So, any anyway, rate, this whole notion of belief, of doing, of repenting being on us, is gonna be a th- a theme throughout this sermon. And it's it's this is completely this is a completely different religion than Christianity, and it's made up by 20th, 20th century and 21st century American evangelicalism. And this is the kind of thing that uh, that needs to die. And let's just hope it does.
1: Is hell for real? According to Jesus, absolutely yes. Next question, who goes to hell? If hell is for real, who goes there? So I've got some friends who... Um, we have these conversations all the time. We had one in, in between services today. Everybody wants to know who's going to hell. Who's going to heaven who's going to hell? Who gets in, who gets out, who gets condemned, who has no hope? And, and for every one of us, it makes sense that somebody like Hitler would go to hell, right? I mean, Hitler deserves to go to hell. He's always he's always the guy that everybody appeals to. Well, I believe that a loving God would give everybody grace. But I mean, like Hitler, Hitler really deserves to die because he killed, you know, six million Jews plus uh, all these other people. Or we think about really bad people like Jeffrey Dahmer, people that like serial killers, people who do heinous, horrible, terrible acts of criminal activity against other people. And I understand that.
0: Okay, and so this is a completely unbiblical question to ask. Who Who is going to hell? Who isn't? Who is going to heaven? We're not called to ask that question. We're not called to make that determination. We are called to present Christ, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension to the right hand of the Father, and the forgiveness of sins because of that. That's all we're called to do. We're not called to decide who is and who is not Going to heaven, going to hell, that is not at all in our purview. And not one shred of biblical evidence is there for this, nor is any of the writings of the of, of historic Christianity suggest that we're to decide, we're to determine, we're to proclaim, oh, you're not going to hell, heaven, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to heaven, you're going to heaven, you're going to hell. That is not what our calling is is in any way, shape, or form. Our calling is to present Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of sins, and that's it. Who is and who isn't going to hell? That's a completely unbiblical question. But it's in keeping with Clayton's sermon here because his entire sermon is a a different religion. I don't know what religion this is. But uh, evidently at New Spring there, they're starting a new religion, and they've got their own doctrines to teach, And, um, yeah, I'm not going to speculate on why they are teaching these new doctrines um, to start this new religion, Uh, but it's very popular. You've got several thousand people showing up to be a part of this new religion.
1: But this is not biblical Christianity, nor is it historic. But I want us all to realize that even though I'm not Hitler... Without the grace of God, I have the ability and the propensity left to my own sinful ways. I could become as evil as anybody who has ever lived. Right. Again, unbiblical, weak law, and no gospel.
0: He said he's got the propensity, he's got the potential. No, Clayton, you are just as much of a sinner as Hitler, Dahmer, Take your pick. You are just as much of a sinner as any of those people. There are not. God does not. (laughs) Forgive me for being cliche, but God does not grade on a curve. Just because you, in your estimation, are better than Hitler or Dahmer or whatever, that's irrelevant. According to, according to the scripture, your sin deserves death. You are just as bad as any sinner that ever lived. You, you, propensity, potential, those the, sorts of things don't... You are, Clayton, you are the same kind of sinner that Hitler or any, anybody else that has ever lived on the face of this earth is. You are that kind of sinner. You don't have the potential to be. You don't have the propensity. You are that sinner. And there is only one thing that can save you, and that is God's grace through Jesus Christ. And for you to think that somehow, now, I'm not quite as bad as Hitler, because I, I haven't done those things. I mean, I may have the propensity to do them, But I haven't done those things. Major mistake. Because the scripture doesn't teach us. The scripture teaches us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul was a murderer of Christians. Alright? You are in the same boat as Paul, Hitler, Dahmer, name your sinner. Me, you, anybody. And for you to presume that somehow. You've only got the propensity to be that kind of sinner. Is not only unbiblical, but you're lying to yourself and you're lying to the people you're speaking to.
1: And it's our offense against an eternal, holy God that brings His wrath. But who goes to hell? Who really goes there? Well, well, the answer in Scripture is very simple. It's not that good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. Forget that nonsense. That's not in the Bible. That's not taught by Jesus. That's not true. Let me tell you what, if that was true, we would all go to hell.
0: Now, this is where it gets really confusing because what he just said there was true. But he's gonna go on through his sermon and talk about behavior and moralism and da da da, da 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 da. And it's up to us to make the right decision and all these sorts of things. But what he just said there was a, a, a little gospel nugget. You know, if it, if it if it depended on our goodness, then we would all be screwed. We'd all be going to hell, right? But this is extremely confusing. So, which is it, Clayton? Is it that we all deserve hell, and that and that only by God's grace and, and through the faith that He gives us that 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 we might? find favor with God or is it this other thing where it's up to us that where we decide we do we repent quote repentance and we quit partying we quit drinking we quit doing having sex with certain people
1: that it depends on us Which is it? If good people went to heaven and bad people went to hell, we'd all go to hell because we're all bad. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Isaiah says that our good works are like filthy rags compared to God's righteousness. So you better not be banking on your good deeds to get you into heaven because they won't.
0: Right. Perfect. Yep. Absolutely true. This is the part he hit, right? Why isn't he talking about this That is't It's very confusing because he's going to start talking about, okay, well, okay, but you better not bank on your good works to get you to heaven, but then he's going to talk about this repentance thing in a little while where it really does seem like it depends on how you behave
1: for whether or not
0: you'll go to heaven. So I don't get it. Let's see what plays out.
1: Because you're not good, neither am I apart from God's grace. So who does go to hell? Bad people? No. Unrepentant sinners and Satan. That's who goes to hell. Unrepentant sinners. Stubborn, hard-headed, proud, arrogant. Those people that refuse to let Jesus take their sin away and demand that they pay the penalty for their own sin. And the devil. Let's look at some scripture. Scripture. Let's go to Matthew 25, 31 through 46. This is what Jesus said.
0: Okay, see, even that statement is confusing. The proud, the arrogant, this is all behavior stuff. So so what is it? Is, is it Jesus that does the work? Is it God who does the work? Or, or is it us not being proud, not being arrogant, believing? Even that's an act of works? So what, which
1: is it, Clayton?
0: Is it, is it up to
1: us or is it up to God? He's predicting the end of time. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. Notice that when Jesus comes back, He's not coming back to take sides. He's coming back to take control. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right That's the the place of power and and, and authority, the place of favor. And the goat's on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Do not miss this. God prepares heaven for us. God has been doing that for eternity. Jesus even said that to his disciples. God did not prepare hell for us. He prepared heaven for us. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, remember this is a, this is a kind of like a pre-look into judgment day. When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So there is a correlation between what we do and where we go.
0: Wow, there's a correlation between what we do and where we go. If that's true, Clayton, I am in big trouble. And guess what, brother? So are you. Now, you just said heaven depended on how righteous or good we are. You just said then we would all be in big trouble, basically. And now you're saying that what we do and where we go have a correlation? You better try re-examining that scripture and exegeting it properly. Where What we do and where we go have a correlation. If that's true then we're all in big trouble. Just like you just said, Clayton, so what gives? What is going on here? Is it, does it have to do with what Christ did for us, or does it have to do with what we do? Which is it? That's what's confusing about this message.
1: Then he will say to those on his left, remember now, this is the goats. These are the people that are, that are, that are being judged by their deeds, and they have now been judged to condemnation. He'll say to those on his left, "Apart from me, you who are cursed. Remember what Stephen Colbert said? The absence of love, knowing that God loved you unconditionally and then being separated from it forever. That's what hell will be. When the loving God who graciously sent Jesus to die on the cross to take our sins away from us, who is pursued you with his love and given you opportunities to repent and respond to the gospel, finally says to you, you would not repent, you would not trust me, so you get what you want. You get get life without me.
0: Right. Again, you. You've got to. You've got to believe. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. It depends on you. The rich young ruler, again, comes to mind. Lord, what must I do to be saved. And Jesus essentially says if you're depending on what you do to be saved, you might as well forget it. And Clayton is clearly drawing that distinction. It depends on what you do, what you believe, what it's, 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 it's up to you. It has nothing to do with what Jesus did. It has nothing to do with what God has done. It's nothing to do with what Jesus has done for us. It has everything to do with with what you do this is the Pelagian heresy we, we dealt with this almost 2,000 years ago people why is this the popular Christian bent in North America Pelagianism a heresy that we kicked out centuries ago, millennia ago it's up to you If it's up to me Clayton I'll see you in hell Because we're both That's where we're going It's up to us
1: You get eternity without me Depart from me Now it's time You wanted to do it your way Here you go Depart from me You who are cursed Into the eternal fire Prepared for the devil And his angels The fire of hell Was not prepared for you So don't go Go Hell is not meant for us. It was meant as an eternal punishment for Satan rebelling against God, trying to become God himself. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also...
0: Send now before he gets to... Far um, gone I would, I would again uh, Go to the um, Guy Still Speaks uh, Still Speaks To The Jackass's blog I actually wrote um, A little piece On why Satan Got kicked out Of the heavenly council um, This is a popular Evangelical notion As well This is an aside This is just for free No charge for this uh, <coughs> But um, I don't believe, I don't See in scripture That the reason Satan got kicked out Of the heavenly council Was because He was trying to Seek God's throne Or seek God's power i don't think that's it satan was kicked out of the heavenly council because god is gracious and chose to forgive sin let's not let's not forget that satan means accuser he's the prosecuting attorney and when the prosecuting attorney gets told gets told you know what no i'm gonna forgive all these people the prosecuting the prosecuting attorney goes god whoa hold on a second what about The justice Remember Clayton's talking a lot about justice in this What about justice These people deserve To be punished And God says I'm I'm not having this I will be gracious To whom I will be gracious And if you have a problem with that You can pound sand That's essentially what I said in my blog post Go check it out Satan wasn't kicked out I don't think And again, it's a speculative piece, but I don't think Satan was kicked out of the Heavenly Council because he was trying to get God's power. I think Satan was kicked out of the Heavenly Council because he rejected God's grace. He's the prosecutor. Prosecutors hate grace.
1: So answer, Lord... When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whoever did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. We are judged by God righteously and correctly based on what we do to other people. And what we do to other people is based on what we believe about Jesus.
0: We are judged righteously and correctly based on what we do. If that's true, Clayton, you and I both, brother, are in huge trouble, son. (laughs) If I'm judged on what I do, are you kidding me? There's no hope for me. There's no hope for you either. Hate to tell you. I mean, you might be kind of a squeaky clean evangelical pastor by the world standards, but I'm sorry. By God's standards, you don't pass muster. This is weak law again. We are based on what we do. We were judged on... This is... <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is not the message of the Bible. And anyone who believes this, uh, wow, it's gonna break you. You're gonna be you're, you're you're gonna. This is this is this is why I agree with many out there that say that North American North American Evangelicals needs a Reformation because they turned into into Catholicism. The talk that is strictly based on works. This is all works. This is a works salvation. It's based on what you do. And and, and what's funny is you hear this over and over and over again when it comes to stuff like this from pop, megachurch, celebrity pastors. It's based on what we do. We need a reformation that completely rejects this notion of us earning our salvation which is exactly what this is make no mistake friends if you are buying into what clayton is saying here that we can earn our salvation you have subscribed to another religion it's not the religion of the scriptures it's not the religion of of historic christianity it's another religion and it's really essentially the religion of pelagianism and it's a religion of uh, uh 16th century europe where you paid money to um, ass- assure that you and your relatives wouldn't spend any more time in purgatory than as absolutely necessary based on your work of buying an indulgence this is work salvation and this is what the evangelical church new spring gigantic mega church celebrity pastor Perry Noble, Clayton King, standing in here, are teaching. And it's false doctrine. It's blasphemy. It's, it's not scriptural whatsoever. For
1: emeralds or garnets, for beautiful strings of white pearls. And I don't have watches. With names that are famous for
0: long thanks for listening to God Still Speaks Through Jackasses. Please join the discussion of the podcast via email if you'd like it. At discussion at God On Facebook, Facebook.com slash God or I'd highly recommend you join our brand new discussion group on Facebook. Just do a search on Facebook for God Still Speaks Through Jackasses discussion. Request to join, and we'll get you in the mix. All third-party material is used under the authority of the Copyright Act of 1976-17, United States Code, Section 107,
1: Fair Use.